Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. By Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused, with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. By RomanticAsheville.com, create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. And by Explore Brevard. Explore Brevard encourages visitors to Transylvania County, North Carolina to consider their impact on public lands. Because we treasure our beautiful forests and streams, we invite you to leave no trace and take action to leave it better. Find out more at explorebrevard.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, and now even Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, travel tips, and uplifting travel stories to magnify all our human emotions. And speaking of emotions, I've recently been looking into my family's past and found my grandmother's immigration papers from Russia. She and my grandfather and my dad, who was just six months old at the time, made the trek from the Ukraine to Liverpool, England, to get on a big ship and come to America to seek a better life. And, you know, today many Americans are packing up and leaving for the same reason— For some, it might be economic reasons, maybe taxes, sometimes work opportunities. But for many Americans, retiring abroad is the way to go due to the many benefits of retiring in another country from lower living costs to better weather to less stress. Today, we're going to hear from Leslie Green for some insider tips about retiring in another country. Leslie is a world traveler, a hair designer, a massage therapist, yoga teacher, home remodeler, dog rescuer, and obviously a pretty cool woman. And I am thrilled to talk to her about how she made her move to Mexico and why she is loving it. So let's find out how she did it. Leslie, welcome to Speaking of Travel. Thanks, Marilyn. I'm really pleased to be chatting with you. Well, it is 
especially exciting since you and I have known each other now for quite quite a few many years. Yes, we have. And the fact that we met in Cuba is one of those interesting, funny little quirks for two people coming from the U.S. Uh, not everybody in the United States gets to go to Cuba. Well, especially back then, that was like 2003 was that year that we went to Cuba. That's correct. Yes. It was not easy, but it was well worth it. It certainly was. And you were living in Ashland, Oregon. I was living in Asheville, North Carolina. We had a right. lot of similarities, a lot of uh, uh, lifestyle choices that we had made along our, our path. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, um, well, tell us a little bit about your life in, in Ashland and how this whole idea transpired for you to move to Mexico? Sure. Um, I moved to Ashland uh, from Austin, Texas, and um, loved living on the West Coast, loved be being close to uh, beautiful rivers and gorgeous forests. And Ashland, Oregon is a great little um, free-thinking town with a huge Shakespeare festival and it's just a marvelous place to be. I was uh, I did was in the hairdressing business and a massage therapist there for almost the entire 20 years and realized at some point that though I loved what I did, I didn't want to do it forever. I wanted to retire and have some time to myself to travel and do some of the other things that interested me and it was going to be very difficult to retire in Ashland, Oregon. Uh, and live in the style to which I'd become accustomed. Um, as you say, very high property taxes, um, just it, living there is expensive. Um, so I started uh, investigating and I actually took two trips to Uruguay thinking I would move there. But uh, after the 11 hour flight from Miami, I realized I'd never have a friend come to visit. So I started looking closer to home and yeah, being in Oregon, we do have winters that people like to escape. A lot of people go to Hawaii. A lot of people come to Mexico. And through chatting with various and sundry people, I heard the name Ahihik, and I was intrigued. First of all, I had to figure out how to spell it, which is A-J-I-J-I-C. And I went home and Googled and um, investigated and decided I needed to come here and take a little look-see, which I did in March of 2018. I was here for two weeks. I tried to walk every street in this little village of 10,000 people just to get a feel for what was going on here. And I was absolutely intrigued. So from there, I went back to Ashland, back to work, and planned another vacation in August of 2018 to see it in a different time of year. Um, and when I came on that trip, a friend joined me who had been my bookkeeper in my hairdressing business. And one of the first things I did was I looked at real estate. I've been um, owned houses for many, many years, most of my life. I've done a lot of remodeling, buying little shacks and turning them into something livable. And this house that I looked at was the quintessential Mexican home. And I was gobsmacked. It was my dream home. And my bookkeeper, 
who was with me looked over her shoulder. She said, well, buy it. And I said, uh, my plan isn't to retire until 2021. I can't do that. And she said, yes, you can actually. And this house isn't going to wait for you. So that um, pushed forward my retirement plans by uh, a number of years, but I decided to go for it and did and bought this little house that had originally been built in 1973 and had never been touched. So as you can imagine, single light bulbs hanging from wires from the middle of the ceiling in all the rooms, one electrical, two-prong electrical outlet in every room, and systems that just weren't up to date by any means. But the house had so much soul, um, I decided that's what I needed to do. So it took me almost, well, it took me almost a year to actually get my act together enough to retire, sell my home in Ashland, Oregon, and organize my getting the things that I really wanted to have around me for my retirement, and how I was going to get myself and my three dogs to Mexico. And so that finally happened on the 19th of May in 2019. And here we are. Here we are. Well, Leslie, that's just such a wonderful story. And uh, you, you you were doing all this really by yourself. The, the dogs were there for emotional support, but they, they didn't, uh, they weren't very helpful in other ways. So yes, I did this on my own. So did you have, uh, uh, as you were moving into your retirement mode, did you have uh, a crew working on the house in Mexico so that it would be ready for you? Absolutely not. I moved here with the house in its original condition and made do. In fact, I didn't do start any remodeling of any kind. I fixed a couple of roof leaks, but other than that, nothing until the 1st of July this year. And after interviewing uh, 12 or 15 contractors, I finally found a guy that I really believe in. And uh, I have, you know, one thing about Mexico is you, you take everything a little bit more slowly and you're not in a huge rush. Um, not being in a hurry to remodel my house allowed me to live in it for a year. So I really didn't make mistakes that I would have made had I tried to remodel before I'd moved in. So the uh, remodel began the 1st of July. Uh, with fingers crossed, I will move in back into my house. I'm living in a friend's casita at the moment because my entire house is torn to bits. Um, hopefully I'll be in by the 1st of December. Now, when you moved there, did you have friends there? Not a soul. So you've really acclimated yourself right into the into the community. Well, one of the things that allowed me to do that, and one of the reasons I moved here, was because of an enormous expat community. So the fact that I speak no Spanish and knew no one was okay. I was going to find support. And it sounds like you did because... Oh, my goodness, yes. Here you are. Well, Leslie, when we come back, I want to talk more about how you made the move. I'm sure you had to have downsized, right? 
Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with my guest, Leslie Green. She's talking to us from Mexico. She made the move. How can we make the move? We'll be right back. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game, and what better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is here, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures found across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And if you've been thinking that maybe leaving the country, moving someplace else is something that you might consider, I'm here talking with Leslie Green. Leslie is talking to us today from Mexico. And Leslie, I am so proud of you. You know, I've known you for all these years and I've I've watched you grow and change and try new things you're always such a um, adventurer you go to different parts of the world and um, and when I started hearing that you were going to move to Mexico I was like wow girlfriend that is some big changes and now you've done it and here you are talking to us from Mexico thank you so much for being on speaking of travel today it's a pleasure to chat with you so Leslie before the break we were talking about uh, making friends and the fact that you didn't know anybody and and let's back up just a second because as you were making this shift you found the house you bought the house you know how fortunate that you had your bookkeeper with you to kind of confirm that you can do this you can do this tell us a little bit about what it was like to look around your house look around your uh community where you've lived all these years and and begin to let go of all of that i was you know we've had a lot of fires in northern california we have a lot of fires in uh, oregon in general and over the 20 years i lived in southern oregon see things seem to be getting a little bit hotter and uh, frankly a little bit scary for me when the paradise fire took out that entire town and people's lives were lost I just got a feeling that it was time for me to leave. Um, so I worked at it and I worked hard at it. And yes, it was difficult to make that break because I had a wonderful, um, supportive community. But again, I am 
uh, a two and a half hour flight from where all my people are. So I've had more visitors here than I ever had moving from Austin, Texas to Ashland, Oregon. It's actually closer for my friends to visit me from Ashland to Ahihi than it was the other way around. So I didn't feel like I was giving up friends. I did realize I had to make a new community, but coming to Ahihi, where there are so many um, expats, uh, Canadians, Europeans, Americans, I knew that there was community here. And all of the people that are here were doing the same thing that I had was trying to do. So there was an understanding. We're all kind of on the same page here. And there are a lot of supportive groups. And, you know, if you can think of it, there's a group here. Uh, if you're into Enneagram, if you're doing dog rescue, if you're um, a, a chef, I mean, if you can dream it, there's a group here of people who have, are coordinated and doing something. So it was a very, very easy transition. Um, the thing that I really am, am trying to work hard on is language because I want to be able to speak fluent Spanish so that I can talk to the local people here and not simply have friends that are expats. I'm in Mexico because I want to be in Mexico. And it's crucial, I think, to learn the language. I had no Spanish. Well, that's not true. I could find a bathroom and buy a margarita in Spanish when I moved here, but that was the extent of my uh, language abilities. So um, my, my challenge is to learn the language, but this is a very easy place to do that. And I can get along with the smattering of uh, language that I have um, really without any trouble. So making friends has been very easy. That is so awesome. And what about safety? Do you feel safe there? Well, looking at what's going on in the United States today, I can't tell you how much safer I feel here than I would be feeling were I north of the border. Yes. Um, in general, what I believe is if you are involved in a drug cartel or you're trying to buy drugs from the drug cartel, you are putting yourself in danger. If that is not your lifestyle, and it's not mine, I feel absolutely a safe. Now, I am. I don't wear jewelry. I don't fly. I, I drive a little beater. I didn't take my fancy SUV to Mexico. I drive a little beater car. Um, I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody, and I don't want to attract a lot of attention. So I think that helps somewhat in my feeling of safety. And I think some of that came from traveling overseas and being in places like Africa. And uh, I, you know, I try and blend in as much as I possibly can. Well, that's the common sense way to travel and the common sense way to uh, settle into a new community like you have been doing. Are you taking a, a Spanish language class? How are you doing your Spanish language? Well, I was taking a Spanish language class until COVID came along. And then our uh, obviously meeting in uh, together didn't work anymore. And the, the Lake Chapala Society, which has a, a wonderful website that anyone can visit and has been in operation here since the 40s, 1940s, they had to reinvent everything that they were doing. And so they have come up with some Zoom classes that I have not 
rejoined at the moment. I am hoping again to be able to meet in person at some point in the near future. And we've been able to keep our COVID cases fairly low here in Ahihik because there's so many uh, retirees that are aged. They, people are very careful here. So lots of masks. Everybody wears a mask. Everybody, you know, follows uh, protocol. So, uh, yes, I've been feeling extremely safe in this spot and working on Spanish with a couple of um, oh, things I do on the web, but not the way I really like to learn, which is with a group. Well, Leslie, tell us again how we can find out more information about where you are. And I know I've done a couple of Google searches and seen pictures that you've posted that are just so beautiful. I mean, you've got water, you've got mountains, it seems. What, what's going on there geographically? Um, Ahihik is the name of my town. And again, that's A-J-I-J-I-C. It's in the state of Jalisco. And it's in the middle of the country, so we're not close to a coast, so no hurricane problems here. But we are on the northern shore of the, of the largest freshwater lake in Mexico. It's a very magical place. It's a, a special place for the indigenous people. And it's uh, 40 minutes from Guadalajara, which is the second largest city in Mexico with over 7 million people. Um, there's an international airport, so it's very easy to get here. The, you know, the roads are wonderful. It's not a dirt track to get from Guadalajara to Ahihik. If you simply go online and do what you do, Google Ahihik Jalisco, there are so many ways to find out everything about this area, whether it's real estate or uh, flora and fauna or um, the weather, all of that is easily accessible because there are so many expats here and we've sort of demanded um, you know, good internet connections and um, all those other things that expats seem to want to feel comfortable in a foreign country. And I love that there are people from all over the world. It's not just like Americans are fleeing there. It's people Absolutely from all not. over. Yes, yes. A lot of Canadians, um, some Europeans, and more and more Americans. Even in COVID, people are coming here um, for whatever reason, people are trying to do something else with their lives. And this is a great place to start a new life in Mexico. I hope that I will be able to possibly in my future live in an even smaller town. I'm looking at a great place in Veracruz called Orizaba and uh, another wonderful little town called Comala in the state of, of um, Colima. Both of those places are on the side of volcanoes. So it's very exciting living in um, at elevation. So it's nice and cool. But for the time being, Ahihik is a great place to start one's retirement. Well, Leslie, I can tell you that I am planning on coming to visit. I certainly hope so. I will be there as soon as I can. Okay, the remodel will be done in December, so there'll be a room for you. Well, in 2021, we are all getting back into the travel world. That is no, for I sure. Hope, yes. And I would love to have you back on Speaking of Travel after the first so that we can catch up and, and find out how you've settled into your place all renovated. And, um, and we, we really are um, inspired to hear stories like yours of having that intuition to know it is time for a change and making yeah. that change happen. 
Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you, Leslie, for being on the show today. And I can't tell you how um, how excited I am to come and see you soon. That's great. It was wonderful to share. I can't wait for you to come and visit. And I look forward to chatting again in 2021. Well, thank you. You know, I believe the travel industry really will have a brighter but different future from what we've seen in the past. And I'm always excited to see how destinations have responded and evolved and how communities are emerging. Coming up next is Sarah Benoit. She's the lead instructor and co-founder at JB Media Institute and president of Creative Original to talk about why guidance and training and ongoing communications and collaboration are all so important today for the travel industry as they navigate the changing world. Stay tuned. Hi, it's Kay, the owner of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. We share our beautiful city in the mountains of Western North Carolina from the rooftops with people from our community, around the country, and around the world. Our tours are well known for the spectacular scenery, the award-winning rooftop bars, and the captivating city history we share from the rooftops. We take traveling during these COVID-19 recovering times seriously. We've implemented CDC cleaning and sanitation protocols, require staff health screenings before our tours, and provide our tour guests with face coverings if they need one. We are excited to welcome you on an Asheville rooftop bar tour and provide a way for you to safely experience Asheville from a bird's eye view. To learn more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I think we can all agree that 2020 has been a challenging year for the travel and tourism industry. With all the changes in travel behavior and travelers seeking safer road trips and outdoor activities, the rural mountain region of Western North Carolina and small towns around the country are having to change and create new ideas for operating in this new environment. I'm joined today by Sarah Benoit, the Director of Training and the Lead Instructor and Co-Founder at the JB Media Institute and President of Creative Original to talk about how the travel industry has gravitated to collaboration and guidance, training, and ongoing communications as they navigate these changing times. And Sarah, it is such a pleasure to have you here on Speaking of Travel today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So Sarah, why don't you give us a little bit of a overview of what you do and, and how you have created this career for yourself after all these years? Absolutely. So essentially in 2003, I was working a corporate job and I got laid off and I wasn't really sure that I wanted to continue in corporate healthcare, which is where I was working at the time. Although I do credit corporate healthcare with giving me my introduction to technology and helping me realize that I was good at that type of work. So I took a leap and I started a business on my own. I mainly focused in the beginning on search engine optimization and building websites. But over time, between 2003 and around 2006, I was completely self-taught. I was online learning with people. I was talking to other experts and getting their opinions and their thoughts on where the industry was headed. 
And as I did that and I connected with more entrepreneurs and business owners, I realized there was really a lack of formalized training in the early 2000s around digital marketing. So because I taught myself and I wasted a lot of time and I went through a lot of struggles and I had a lot of challenges in those first few years, I was really, it was in my heart to really help people move through that part of the process more quickly. So I was inspired to start teaching around 2006 and help other business owners, entrepreneurs, and people really learn the ins and outs of digital marketing itself. Well, it's been a, a big help to to so many over all these years, having you as a trainer and a, a teacher. And today with everything just kind of shifting, especially around travel and tourism, why do you think effective training programs for this industry is such a key factor in being able to develop these new skills and ideas as we move forward? Yeah, so let's be real. In the tourism and hospitality industry, marketing has never been an easy job. It's usually a job that takes a lot of time and effort and focus, and you're usually working on attracting large groups of different types of people, right, in that industry. So to me, marketing and tourism has always been pretty complex. Now enter 2020, and I think we've layered a whole new uh, amount of complexity to the situation. So I think where training really comes in is there's two pieces. One, keeping up with the industry on its own is difficult. I've worked with so many tourism marketing professionals that are a marketing department of one, or maybe there's two or three people involved in different aspects of the marketing and communications, but they all have other work to do as well. And so that can feel very uh, like a lot of pressure and a lot of stress to just keep up with the industry and understand what your options are. You know, every three to six months, you've got major changes happening. That has actually accelerated in 2020, just for the record. So as more people went online and relied on online tools, we saw that really accelerate. So I think that's part of it. Having other people you can go to, acknowledging that you'll never know everything yourself. It's impossible. So you have to have other people in your community that you can bounce ideas off of. I also think in tourism marketing, it's easy over time to become really burnt out and lose a little bit of your creativity and your passion and your focus. And so when you're in training programs and you have people, again, to sort of talk to, talk about your challenges, share your successes, and really interact back and forth with about what you're accomplishing and where you're still trying to get through the door, um, when you're doing all of that, it really can allow you to refine your workflow. Um, like I said, have more influxes of opinions. All of that's going to fuel your creativity. So you mentioned taking online classes and Obviously, nobody is really getting out and going to meetings these days, um, and so much of the training is done online. This is a uh, career path that you took in being able to understand what that is like, but why do you think today online training is, is really the way to go? I think there's two main perks to it, especially in the work that I teach. So one is there's just a lot of time saved. I have actually enjoyed in 2020 not having to drive so many places to teach or to take classes because I'm able to really pack a lot more learning into a day if I can stay in my office or stay right at home and complete those classes. I think the other thing that's really beneficial for people, like I said, in my line of work is when you're learning technical tools 
watching somebody share their screen and being able to be really up close and personal to the tool, see how it works, ask questions, I think that's highly beneficial. So in the past, when I'm teaching in person, I have a big screen and I am sharing what I'm doing. But if you're sitting in the classroom, you're not really up close and personal with the tool. So I think those are two big benefits that I see. Um, I do think focus and attention in online learning can be an issue. But I think right now, the three things people can do is leave your video on <laughs> so you're accountable during class. Create a space where you can really learn, no matter where that is, so that you kind of enter a learning mindset when you sit in that space or when you stand in that space. And then really look for classes that I think are a mixture of live interaction with pre-recorded materials. The live interaction is really going to add a different flavor to your learning. That is all really good to know. So Sarah, what would your advice be in developing a stronger and more unified and engaged really high-performing tourism industry that's equipped to grow in these times? Yeah, I think there's three main things that I suggest everybody be thinking about and putting into their marketing strategies right now and really infusing overall their, their brand with these kind of thoughts. So one is, now's a great time to be more honest as a brand, a business, or an organization and really tell what I refer to as the 360-degree story of what's happening. Don't just make everything look great. Don't act like everything is normal. Actually talk about what's really happening and connect with your customers in that real way. Uh, last night I was talking about realness being so important this year that people are looking for that out of companies, not just the people in their lives. So really tell that full story in different ways. The second thing is I think marketing professionals, communications professionals, we really need um, our bosses, the leaders in our companies to understand that to do great marketing, we have to be able to be creative and also experimental. Through that process, that's how we understand what people really want and need. So we have to have that room to not follow some sort of formula, especially right now, because listening and connecting with our customers and our clients is key to providing content and experiences online that are really helpful and valuable to them. And then I think we all need to remember that marketing and customer service are no longer separate. They are the same thing. And if you're a marketing director, if you're a social media manager, if you're running online advertising, you should be having conversations with the customer service team, with your company, the people that interact with your customers every day. And you should be asking them for ideas. You should be asking them what they're hearing from people. And you should be working together collaboratively to really give people, like I said, the best experience they can have. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, that this is all such good advice. And, and it, it looks to me in the people that I speak with every week that there is a rebound in the travel and tourism and hospitality industries. And thankfully, there are organizations like yours that are there to help. Give us your website. How can people connect with you and and the JB Media Institute to get more information and to get on board and take some of these wonderful training programs? Absolutely. You can check us out at jbmediainstitute.com. And then if you're interested, when you go there, you'll see we have an area for free webinars. And the first Wednesday of every month, you can join us for our free digital drop-in and learn a lot of great information. So is that open to anybody, Sarah? Yes, it is. So whether you're a travel destination leader or a traveler who would like to find out more information about 
what the travel and tourism and hospitality industries are, are looking at and doing and being a part of that dialogue, be sure to check that out. I've done a couple of those webinars and I have gotten so much out of them. And I really appreciate too that once you sign up and register that you can go back to it and listen again and again. Yeah, absolutely. And we're working on a new website right now, which is pretty exciting. We'll, we'll, we will be featuring a lot more of those past episodes up front. So in the next couple months, you should see that coming out. Well, thank you, Sarah. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I am thinking about getting on a plane pretty soon. I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I'm not sure how I'm going to how I'm going to do it, but I do know that listening to Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport and her updates always gives us new information and keeps us current in what's going on. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Even though our public lands are precious to all, Millions of pounds of trash are sadly left behind in our forests and waterways every year. That's why we're encouraging visitors to Brevard and Transylvania County to leave no trace and take action to leave it better. Find out how you can make a difference and leave it better at explorebrevard.com today. Fly me to the moon let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I am really thinking more about flying these days. You know, it's been a while since I last boarded a plane and I'm seriously considering planning a trip somewhere, anywhere. And I know air travel has changed a lot this year. And joining me is Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport, to take a look at what to expect and what is expected of us at the airport and during the flight. And Tina, thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel. Well, it is always great to be on your show, Marilyn. Thank you. Well, we listen to your tips and and updates every week to keep us in the loop of what's going on in aviation and in flying and in travel overall. And these days, it seems like there's been a little bit of an uptick going on. People are starting to feel that they're ready to get back on a plane. What are you seeing there at the airport, Tina? Well, that's exactly what we're seeing. And uh, just to kind of make it a little bit of a broader view nationally, the TSA, they are screening more passengers. The signs are that even though Labor Day has come and gone, people are continuing to increase their propensity for travel little by little. So, um, so bringing that back down locally here to the Asheville Regional Airport, where I work, we are definitely seeing an uptick in the number of people getting on an airplane. Um, you know, October is normally our biggest month. We see a lot of visitors to the area in October, and we see a lot of people in our community traveling in that month. And so the numbers are creeping up, and it's, you know, it's a sign of recovery, I think. That's very refreshing to hear. Recovery is 
one of our favorite words these days, isn't it? It is. It is. And I, I feel like it's been responsible recovery, which I'm proud of. Uh, I am so, so proud to be a part of the aviation industry. Airports and airlines have worked tirelessly to really help make the travel journey as safe and healthy as possible. You know, we, we had to, you know, we had to pivot and really look at, okay, here we are, look at what's happening. Um, the travel industry by its very nature, the air travel industry by its very nature has a lot of people involved, people in close spaces. And so, you know, we really had to take a look at that and be smart about how we approached health and safety in the travel journey. And the information is there for us to see and to stay updated ourselves. There are lots of ways that we can get all the most current and updated information, not only from the airlines, but from our own local uh, airports. And tell us about your website, Tina, because it's really a one-stop shop and there's so much that we can access to know exactly what we need to do when we get to the airport and when we board a flight. That's right. So we've tried to create um, an easy portal on our website to get to any information that you might need. So uh, of course, we highlight what the what our airport has done to enhance the travel journey. Um, But on that same page of our website, we we have links to all of the airlines and the things they are doing to the TSA and what they are doing to the CDC, to, um, you know, the, uh, state information all the way down to local health information. So um, there are lots of helpful links um, and our website is flyavl.com. And also when you're on your website, Tell us a little bit about your newsletter, because I want to make sure that people get signed up and receive your newsletter that you send out monthly with all the information that is current and up to date. Sure. The window, uh, the newsletter is titled Window Seat, and there is an easy sign up right on the homepage of our website. It just says sign up. with a, an empty box, you just have to put your email address in. It's that easy. And we do send that out monthly. Um, our goal is to make sure that we have meaningful information for people who are interested in air travel, interested in Asheville um, and Western North Carolina and traveling to and from um, our region. So, you know, we, we don't want to overwhelm people with information. It's just once a month. Um, and we work hard to have that information be meaningful for those who are, who want to engage with us. Well, we appreciate that. And we all appreciate your team and what's going on over there. And I want to say that I have been connected with quite a few people recently who have boarded a plane and traveled to another destination and have posted pictures of being in the Atlanta airport or the Chicago airport or some of the other uh, hubs that uh, are direct flights from the Asheville Regional Airport. And they're showing signs of uh, 
people paying attention to wearing a mask and everything looks so clean and and orderly and they've all been saying that it just feels okay to be out and they feel safe and and that everybody is looking out for them well i think yes i think what's happening is we are all learning to navigate this world with uh, covid in it and we're doing our part the airport we're we're absolutely doing our part the airlines i cannot express how much they have done and there's so much great information to put your mind at ease about air travel um, that's out there from the airlines and then travelers are doing their part and that absolutely needs to happen and when we all are you know, navigating the journey and the world um, responsibly together, it does alleviate some of that fear and anxiety um, that we've all been feeling. So I agree. I think, I think we've definitely seen, seen a shift um, and it's a, it's a positive shift. It is a positive shift. And like you said, the the industry, the airline industry, the people on the ground there at the airports, uh, the people in the sky who are uh, taking care of us when we fly, and the people in the travel and tourism industry themselves are all stepping up to to really send this message of uh, traveling responsibly, uh, sustainability, uh, you know, leaving no trace, being able to really feel that this is a new way to travel and we're all going to step up and make it even better. That's right. And um, it would be irresponsible to say and try to portray that all risk is mitigated. That's not that's not a correct statement. You know, we we live in a world where there is going to be risk, uh, all kinds of risks. But in aviation, we're the leaders in this world of solid safety planning, safety systems, um, mitigating as much risk as possible, measuring what is happening. And, you know, solid systems are being put in place now and, uh, you know, are going to continue to be enhanced and improved over time. So, you know, I, again, I am just so proud to be a part of this particular industry and, you know, we'll continue to work hard to be ready when, when others are ready to travel again. Well, Tina, I can't thank you enough for coming on, speaking of travel and giving us updates because really the aviation industry is, uh, I, I like to think of it almost as a vortex. It's kind of the, the place where we go to, uh, to go and to come back. And I know that your team is working hard. They've been working hard all this time. And we want to give a big shout out and thank you to everybody there at the Asheville Regional Airport and and everybody who's in your industry working hard to keep us safe. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Uh, it feels good to hear that. Um, I'll make sure our team hears that too. All right. Well, thank you, Tina, for being on Speaking of Travel. We'll look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you, Marilyn. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel, and I want to thank Leslie Green for sharing her incredible journey and making such a huge life change, and to Sarah Benoit for 
her dedication to learning, and to Tina Kinsey for keeping us up to date on what's happening at the Asheville Regional Airport and in the aviation world overall. This is going to be a beautiful week to get out and really be dreaming of travel. Think about where you want to go. The airlines have made a lot of uh, changes in being able to book your flight and have some flexibility, so take advantage of that. We hear a lot about the benefits of being outdoors. We're in the most beautiful season there is. Go outside, take a walk, look up at the sky and think, someday I'm going to be back up there. I'm going to be in a plane heading someplace that is different and culturally exciting and I'm going to travel the world or get in your car and take a little road trip just somewhere in your own backyard. There are so many places that are just right around the corner that maybe you've never explored before. Well, now's the time to do the exploring. This is a wonderful time to think about where you are, what kind of impact you want to make on this world, and get out there and just do it. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Run.